Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody. Carrie Schaefer, Carrie Ann King, however you want to call me, I will answer to Carrie. I will answer to most things, honestly, to tell you the truth. I am delighted to be here again for another edition of Tell Me Your Secrets. I've got a fantastic guest today. We have Kim Neville joining us. I was so excited. Hi, Kim. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) When I heard about Kim's book, because I was writing other people's things, and all of a sudden, along comes another book that is about objects that have some energy. So the book is called The Memory Collectors. And um, I'm going to introduce Kim and well, we're going to let Kim introduce herself. (laughs) So we'll do it that way. Where are you located in the world, Kim? Where are you at right now? Um, I'm in Vancouver, Canada, (laughs) and uh, hanging out in my dining room. (laughs) And uh, yeah, this is where I live and work and play. I have a husband and a teenage daughter and two cats. And uh, yeah, the Memory Collectors is my first novel. First Um, novel and congratulations. Let's see that gorgeous cover that Mm. it's just, I love the lights and the, yeah, I am. I sent your cover in when they were asking me for cover comps for my book and said, look at this gorgeous cover. So it's, it's very, very beautiful. Um, so let's talk about the book a little bit so people understand it. Um, I'm going to tell you kind of what I remember because I got to read this book early. I was very lucky. Um, this is a story that it's basically told from two women's point of view and they feel energy coming off of objects. Now, I really like this because honest, I'm going to be really honest and you might think I'm weird now, but um, I kind of feel like sometimes objects do have energy. Like there's something that just feels like, <laughs> or it feels good and you want to carry it around. So taking this to this level where these women really feel energy and some energy is really dark and some is bright and it can cause problems um, or good things to happen in your life because it changes how you feel. So that's kind of the idea behind the book but um before we talk anymore Kim I have to ask you do you feel that way about objects at all or is this just something you made up mostly it's something I made up but I do feel that like I have a lot of objects like everybody um in my world that do have meaning to me and so I um I didn't think it was a huge stretch it was like you know there's a lot of things I'm just thinking oh here's one um behind me this can of beans um <laughs> she, okay for those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this kim has a can of beans on the shelf behind her i do it's um it's uh it's really old i've had this can of beans for 25 years i know that's kind of scary but it has a lot of meaning so my husband and i when we first moved in together um way back when um in the late 90s um we 
had this can of beans in the back of our cupboard. And the first time we moved, we were like, oh, we never ate those. And we, they went back to the back of the cupboard again in the next place and the next and the next. Um, after we'd moved like five times and it had been a few years that we'd been together, we started to like say, well, we can't eat them now because they're, they're lucky. They're the beans that like hold us together. Um, so they, they became like, they became meaningful. I think became some kind of weird symbol of, of us, um, which was not expected. <laughs> and, uh, and so we kept them and now they're, they've moved with us like 12 times. Um, they've been with us for so long and, and, uh, I don't think we can ever get rid of them. Like, I guess one of us will have to be buried with them. Um, they're, they're a part of like our relationship, which is super weird and not really what I expected um, for a, like a symbol of our love. Uh, but there you have it. I love uh, this so much. It's, it's completely, <laughs> the things that are unexpected are the best really, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> And if there's ever a zombie apocalypse or things really, really, really go bad, you know, those beans might still be okay. You, know, you never know. Hopefully I'll never have to find out. <laughs> if I was writing a novel, I might want to, you know, make them be the survival food in the end, you know. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, that's the kind of thing I was thinking about when I was coming up with the ideas for this novel was how like certain objects that on their own are just things they shouldn't have meaning but they do and I think that that like has its own kind of magic which sure. I find so interesting yeah it's fascinating and then in your book it kind of takes a little bit of a well not just a little bit it takes a dark turn yes <laughs> yeah there are there are objects that have picked up this really dark energy and if you hang around with that object too much as finds out as starts happening with some of our characters then that energy might want to try and get a hold of you and uh, lead you down the path of not goodness yeah exactly and I think like I feel like most people have had that feeling of walking into a room and getting like a bad feeling oh yeah like like somebody bad has just passed through or there's just been an argument or yeah. why not there's something in the room that's holding on to some kind of negative energy so right um yeah yeah, I, I, I love the premise of this. It's very cool. My, my book, um, Other People's Things, which comes out in September, um, which also features energy. It's a little bit different. My main character believes that energy comes off of items and she's often kind of called to move them from one place to another, um, which gets her in a lot of trouble. She's called, been called a kleptomaniac. She's in and out of jail a lot, but you know, the things need to be moved. And when she moves them, it sets chains of um, reactions into motion and things happen that bring people together or push them apart or whatever, wow. so. I yeah. love it. Obviously it, that's totally up my alley. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. looking forward to it. <laughs> it. It was very fun to write. Um, so, cause I like, I like this kind of play. My Viking and I have always said that places have juju. And you know, when we went house hunting, we really felt this. There were houses where you didn't want to walk in the front door. Mm -hmm. it, it pushed you away and you couldn't see anything that was really wrong with it other than it just doesn't feel good in here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, which is always just fascinating. So, you know, while we're on the subject of the book, I would mm -hmm. love, pretty please, if you <laughs> would read like about the first page for us and then, you know, just find a good play. I mean, if, if the sentence goes over the page, <laughs> finish yeah, the yeah. sentence or the paragraph for us. Sure. So there's a prologue. Do you want me to start there? Yeah, or? let's start with the prologue. Okay. So here we go. The air beneath Evelyn's paper mask is hot and damp. And even though a shaft of sunlight from the open barn door reveals swirling sawdust, she pulls the mask up to her forehead and allows herself a breath. She rarely gets a moment alone in her father's workshop. So she pauses briefly to enjoy the grown-up feeling of it, her boots rustling the shavings on the floor, the smell of cut wood and lacquer, no one around but the old headboards and mirrors hanging on the walls, the maze of chairs, wardrobes, dressers, and end tables that stretches all the way back to the darkened doorway leading to the shop floor. Sunday is Evelyn's favorite day of the week. On Saturdays, Daddy's store is open and strangers come in and out of his workshop all day to purchase antiques or to ask him to restore old pieces of furniture. And Evelyn has to stay inside with Mama and Nomi. On Sundays, the store is closed. In the early mornings, her father goes out to garage sales. When he gets back, he finds, he brings his finds into the workshop and he and Evelyn sort through them together. After that, they work side by side. That's painful. I love the feeling of that workspace. And, you know, it sets up, um, <laughs> it sets up for later how, how we can see how the objects have created so much change um, and yeah. can be dangerous. So that's right. Um, yeah. So you, um, in your bio, it says that you um, were a, are a graduate of the Clarion Workshop. Do you want to tell us what that is? What's Clarion all about? Sure. So uh, the Clarion Workshops, there's two of them, Clarion and Clarion West, and I attended Clarion West. Uh, they're very similar. Uh, one happens in San Diego and one in Seattle. They are six weeks long. They're intensive short fiction workshops geared towards speculative writers. Mm -hmm. So um, every everyone gathers in a single place. When I went, when I attended in 2012, it was in a sorority house, um, and. Uh, then we have a different instructor every week. It's usually somebody um, pretty prominent in the field of, of science fiction or fantasy or horror, um, either a writer or an editor. And uh, then we intensively write and workshop each other's stuff for six weeks. It's kind of like summer camp for writers. Yeah. It's really fun. It was a, it was a really important experience for me it kind of took me from like hobbyist to professional in yeah. a lot of ways for me like the biggest thing was just uh it was the first time that I really like found community mm -hmm. um and a, and a cohort of of peers right well I think there's something about too something like that it indicates your intention to be serious as a writer it's like you know I'm I'm putting this time, energy, possibly money 
yeah, <laughs> into, absolutely. into this. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it, it also said in the bio that you had got the spark of your idea for this book at that workshop. Is that, you know, what, what was the spark of the idea? Where did it come from? Was it the beans? I uh, know <laughs> <laughs> it actually wasn't the beans. It actually, the spark was the character of Harriet, which is one of the two point of view characters in the book, who is an older woman who collects these. Yeah, these, like, she's, it's like a hoarder. <laughs> she, yeah, you know, yeah she, she is, she is. <laughs> You could say that. Um, in so I had was writing a short story for the workshop, um, and she was actually the main character in that story. And it was a, a lot more fantasy. Uh-huh. She was a witch, and she was hoarding like actually magical objects, you know, uh-huh. cauldrons, cauldrons, and dragons, and things <laughs> like that. Um, so quite a bit different than what the finished uh, novel turned out to be, but uh, there was something about that idea that really stuck with me. Um, And, you know, I wrote six stories during the workshop, but that was the one that I felt I wanted to play with and Uh dig into more. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's changed a lot since then. So one of the things that is really interesting about this book to me is that it's it's very cross genre, um, really, I would say in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of women's fiction about it in that our characters really need to grow and develop and they're on a growth journey of discovery. But it almost for me, and you can tell me whether you think this is true, it almost crossed the line into horror at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> like, I agree. Um, I've... I've heard it described as like light horror, yeah. uh, as mystery, as women's fiction, uh-huh. as contemporary fantasy, uh, fabulism, um, <laughs> literary fiction, like all of those have been thrown out there. And right. I feel like it's like a little bit of in all of those uh-huh. and maybe none of them, none of them, you know, solely in, right. you know, so it's like, it's really, it is cross genre, I think. And um, I, I love, I've, I've always been a genre, I, the lines, like when I wrote my first novel, I really didn't pay any attention whatsoever to um, genre. <laughs> I thought I was writing fantasy and um, they told me it was urban fantasy. I still think they were wrong, actually. Um, and they marketed it as such. Um, but I, I didn't know what urban fantasy was. I had to go read a bunch of books and kind of catch up because I don't know. I'm just writing what I like to read. Um, So I love that you played with that and that you crossed all of those lines. Was there anything that really surprised you when you were writing the book? Um, I I like when that happens too. So, and maybe not, maybe not always, but you know, one of those moments where. I think it it did really make me think about the objects that I own in a, in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I moved twice while I was writing this. And I think it really did shape the way I thought about what am I going to take with me and what am I going to leave behind? And I hadn't really expected that. I mean, it's just a story that I'm writing. It, I didn't expect it to have an impact on my actual life. Uh, the second time I moved, we had to downsize about 30%. Um, mm. And uh, so we went through a very intensive process of trying to figure out what to take and what to leave behind. And uh, yeah, I think that the, the, the writing of this book made me think about that process in a totally different way. So that was surprising. Yeah. 
I, I love that about books too. They, we, we always learn something or I always do, no matter what I'm writing. Um, I learn things about me and about life and other people. And, you know, that's yeah. part of the fun I always find. Yeah. So what are you working on something now? I am. Um, I'm working on a second novel. It's, uh, it's the story of uh, a family of witches and the grimoire that binds them. So oh, fun. Fairly... So this is going much more deeply back into the fantasy world where you began. Do you know? Yes and no, because it's also <laughs> definitely set in our contemporary modern world uh -huh. uh, with just a bit of magic. So I feel like it's actually a, a lot similar to the memory collectors in that it 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 does feel quite real. Uh -huh. um, more like say um I, i've been describing it as little women meets practical magic okay have, so, have you read the the last of the moon girls by my friend barbara davis no okay all right so you should okay <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful book but kind of a similar premise so she has a family of women who um, down through the ages have all had a special gift and they have all lived on this farm um, and they all have a book that they're supposed to write. Now her main character has not wanted anything to do with this and has tried to leave, but she's called back home as the death of the last of those um, before her. And so, you know, is faced with a mystery and maybe becoming who she was meant to be. So again, it has that little bit of, it feels like practical magic a little bit to yeah. me. Um, yeah. But I, I love that you pull in the, the the little women reference too. That sounds, I would read that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, thanks. Sure. Well, I'm gonna have to look up that book. It sounds good. It's fantastic. I love it very much. Um, and it's done, you know, extremely well as it deserved to do. So yes. Yeah one of those, one of those good things that happens. So that's all very cool. Um, I have to keep saying the name of the book and you can show it to those of us who are here again so that they can sure. um, see that lovely cover and know they need to have this book in their hands. So it's <laughs> The Memory Collectors by Kim Neville. And um, if you are listening, her last name is spelled N as in Nancy, E-V-I-L-L-E. Where can people find you, Kim, if they wanna know more? Do you have a website? I do. Uh, my website is kimneville.com. Okay. I'm on Instagram at neville underscore Kim and on Twitter at kaneville13. Okay. And still thinking about putting together a uh, Facebook author page. I'm starting <laughs> to think I, I should have. I, <laughs> I don't have one yet. <laughs> But yeah. I'm putting, I think I'm putting it on the to-do list because I'm getting a lot of people who are interested. Who so want to hang out with you on Facebook. Yeah, you know, it's um it's crazy trying to keep up with all of the social media, isn't it? It's uh did you mention Instagram? You did. Instagram, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so perfect. So people, you know where you can find Kim. Um the book is beautifully written and really definitely worth your read and um congratulations on that first novel it's always you know such a big deal I remember how excited I was about my first one and really to be honest I'm about equally excited every time a new one comes out good never, that's good it, to hear <laughs> it never gets old Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and thank you for being here today. I also, I didn't mention, I'm also extra delighted because Kim is a fellow Canadian. I also am from Canada and I grew up not too far from Vancouver where she lives. So um, it's just Yay. always fun to talk to another Canadian person, hear the accent, which... <laughs> 
I fall into whenever I come home, but it's been a while <laughs> since I've been home. So yeah. Oh, well, it was uh, lovely to talk to you. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Take care and all the best to you. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.